Welcome to the Freedom in Flow podcast. I'm Nicole, your flow-based life and business coach, and in my world, the way you create more wealth on the outside is by accessing wealth from the inside. We live in a world that tells you there is a limit to joy, peace, success, and wealth, and that you must trade what you value to create more of what you want. We're taught that there's only one right way, and we spend our entire lives trying to fit in and do things right, only to find we're completely unfulfilled and misaligned. And that's because nobody ever told us there was another way. I'm a mentor, teacher, and guide for ambitious, driven, and purpose-led everyday women who want to step into their next level in life. See, true wealth to me is living in full alignment to your values, your design, and being shamelessly, unapologetically who you are not who you think you need to be. By embodying your most authentic self, mastering your mindset, unleashing your femininity, and unblocking your wounds, success will inevitably flow to you more effortlessly. That's why this podcast exists. Freedom in Flow is about equipping you with the tools nobody taught you on how to create the life of your dreams doing it your way. So listen on to learn how to understand yourself in a way you never have before, to tune in to your unique blueprint, master your energy flow, and work in harmony with your mind, body, and soul. All right, my lovely, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, my loves. This week, I have something very, very special for you on the podcast. And it's something that has been brewing for a long time, and I'm finally getting this out to you all. As you may have heard, I have obviously undergone my own spiritual journey and reconnection journey, and it was very closely associated to the calling or the prompting that I felt that led me to uproot and become a digital nomad and move my life over to Southeast Asia for no clear reason. And I find that in life, we all have a moment like this or something similar where we feel led to be somewhere and to just release every single fear, limiting belief, worry, anxiety, and to just follow that call. Now, at the time I had created or had become inspired more so by the concept, The Surrender Experiment, which was actually a book. And I believe the author was Michael J. Singer. I could be wrong. I will find out and uh, link the correct book in the show notes. (laughs) But I wanted to share this experience with you all and I knew it was going to be a very pivotal and life-changing experience and so I documented the whole thing. I documented it in vlog form which I'm going to be releasing across the coming months. I also began a journal, a, a journal, a blog called The Surrender Experiment where I would write my thoughts, my discoveries and also I unlocked and reconnected with a part of me that just loved to write freely and to blog. Um, And then as a result, I also found that I had called in people who were inspired by the same thing and are now undergoing their own surrender experiment journeys. I have multiple women in my life who have thanked me for being so open about my journey and having shared the concept behind the surrender experiment because it is what allowed them to finally give themselves permission to go on a trip like mine whether it be halfway across the world or it was just in a in a staycation in their own country so many women are now beginning to feel and experience the wave of the surrender experiment and I'm so excited to have been able to experience it myself 
And the exciting thing I want to share with you is that I actually have now released and announced my brand new retreat experience, which is the Surrender Experiment. It's a retreat and it is a phenomenal experience that I'm creating for women who maybe resonate with this experience of feeling like they want to uproot, they want to reconnect to themselves, they want to find a new sense of hope, direction, alignment, and maybe even dive into some healing and reconnection um, around the past, their traumas, their childhood, and really integrating the mind, body, and spirit connection to spark a new spirit in their life. And I'm hosting this experience in the beautiful island of Bali, and I want to guide you through the experience that I had myself and obviously curate it with the amazing locals and friends and Um, teachers and mentors and guides that I have personally connected with and I want to give this experience to so many of you but of course it will be a capped retreat because we don't want it to be um, too busy or too chaotic so we want there to just be an intimate circle and of course I'll be running this retreat more uh, consistently in the future however this is the first one coming up and the dates the details are all going to be in the description of this episode which I'm very very excited for and you can already register be on the wait list and score yourself some really crazy discounted deals if you express interest early So with that being said, I want to introduce today's episode where I actually do a live recording with Taylor Hutton, one of my business friends and just online cool gals who I honestly have gotten along with since day dot of meeting online. And we have had such an amazing experience so far journeying together in business, but also um, being able to support each other through seasons of life and business that have called for that surrender and we both have our own unique experiences of surrendering and following our own surrender experiment and we wanted to share this with you because for both of us and our values as well as the way we lead in our businesses and our lives surrendering is such a huge component and trusting and leaning into the intuition is also so important and so we talk a lot about in this first part of the recording today about self-discovery through the act of solo travel and we dive headfirst into what went down before the big move and for both of us we had some similarities and we had some major differences as well. Uh, We also talk about making sense of the money component, facing our fears when it came to finances, investing in ourselves, embracing the uncertainty and the decision making processes that our brains wanted to chuck a fit about. And we also talk about overcoming the discomfort as well as learning to work with the um, the expansion and the integration of that discomfort as you identify and step into your next level. Some of the things that we really center this first part of the conversation around is why money is such a big part of that surrender experiment and how money can be a liberating way to reconnect to yourself. We also talk about surrendering to unexpected events and challenges and really not being attached to the idea of how things should happen, both in life and in the surrender experiment itself. And we also talk ourselves, we talk about the journey for each of us and how Taylor went to I believe it was London and for myself I obviously went to Bali two very different places however they were both intrinsically connected 
to ourselves and our personal callings and how they led to greater awakenings and greater connections and it birthed a whole new chapter of our lives that otherwise couldn't have happened had we not surrendered and so I believe that our surrender experiment is ultimately what becomes a catalyst for inexplainable growth and rapid integration and it's why I would highly encourage you to partake in your own surrender experiment journey or to reach out to either Taylor or myself to um, encounter your own journey and like I said in the beginning I am hosting a retreat helping you to actually dip your feet in and to be guided through the experience and to have all these experiences for yourself, but in a way that is supported and curated as well. It's going to be magical, very unique to anything that's out there in the industry. And I'm very excited to give you that opportunity. So that's open for you if you are inspired after listening to this episode. The other thing that I can also direct you to is to check out the self-led surrender experiment guide, which I'm releasing really soon. I've got a wait list and a sign up link already as well. So you can hit the sign up link. It's a free guide that you get to download and it's going to guide you through everything you need to do to prepare for your own surrender experiment journey and it's also going to give you some prompts and direction for how to lead yourself throughout the journey so you can take it with you when you're on your surrender experiment and I actually have a client who partook in the embody program and felt that she needed to go to have her own surrender experiment and this was the guide that she has been equipped with and she is just having a phenomenal time she's having massive breakthroughs and is just seeing herself elevate on a whole new level and so this entire um, brand the surrender experiment this entire movement and mission is growing it is thriving it is starting to really um really expand and I'm so excited to bring this out to you guys because I really have such a big heart for it and I'm so happy that Taylor is one of my first guests to join me in this conversation about the surrender experiment. I hope to bring more guests. I have a few people in mind including the women who have embarked on their own surrender experiment journey and how they came about to do that and how it influenced their lives but in the meantime I hope you'll enjoy this episode and tune in for part two in the coming weeks. All right, my loves, enjoy the episode and I'll catch you in the following one. Bye. I was going to do this episode solo, but then I was like, you are the perfect person to talk about this with because we have shared experiences and I feel like this is going to be, yeah, just a really good chat for obviously anybody who's listening who wants to or is like thought of doing it maybe. Even just in my personal circle, so many people are like, oh yeah, like I'm thinking of doing that. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you about (laughs) making big leaps and moving overseas so you moved to Bali very recently mine I moved to London back in 2020 so it was like a fair while ago yours was after COVID mine was like literally right in the middle of it so do you want to just share a little bit about what made you want to move and why Bali in particular yes oh I feel like my journey was something that I knew I was going to do at some point but I don't think I ever took that desire seriously Mm-hmm. And like when I started my business, I would have photos of being a digital nomad on my vision board, or I would just like dream of that laptop lifestyle. And it never clicked to me that I was not actually factoring it in my decisions. And I mm. was becoming more and more, even my business and my lifestyle, I was focusing on what everybody else wanted because that was what my environment was mirroring to me. It was showing me this is the way. And 
as I was progressing, building my business, figuring out what I wanted to do in life, it clicked to me one day that I'm like, I actually really don't want to be just in one place, but I've never done anything about trying it or sampling it or creating a path for it. Yes, I had an online stream of income, but that was about it. I was basically, I had goals that were completely the other way, facing the other way. So I think it was a moment of realizing that this is actually what I want. And then coming to a place where I had to give myself permission Mm. to play with that desire. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to book the ticket. It actually took me about six months to decide that I was going to do it. So it was like, it was just playing in my mind. And then I would get confirmation after confirmation as the universe, as life works, when you really begin to play with that desire. And then I think it was just one random Wednesday night that I (laughs) did it, just the brave thing and did it. And after that, I think I had about, I think it was four months between that moment to when I actually had to hop on the plane. Yeah. And in that four months, I had a lot of hard conversations and I was working through all the fear and everything that, that I know we're going to talk about in this episode. Yeah. But that was like the lead up. It was just this inkling to go and a realization that all that was missing was permission to let myself play in that space. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. Like you're, you've, like you always wanted it, but it's almost like having an online business was like, oh, like it's actually possible now. And you just hadn't thought about it. I was thinking about that the other day about how it's random, but I was just like sitting there planning out my course that I'm doing like on my couch. And I was like, I wonder when I'm going to have to get another job. I wonder when this will all be over. And I was like, actually, it doesn't have to be. Like, this is just how it is. Like you, you have these dreams and sometimes it doesn't feel real. And when you make a decision to move overseas, you just don't, it's like a dream that's in the back of your head but you don't always picture yourself being there and like doing the thing and like my I was the same I think because I moved in 2020 but I was working like a nine-to-five and I was like I hate this I want to go and be a travel photographer and live my best life and it took me like six months but mine was more so not getting myself on board like I always had the dream to like live over in London but I was like I need to save and I need to like figure out how this is gonna work and Nobody, like, believed me. They were like, yeah, like, whatever. And I was like, no, like, I'm doing it. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay, sure. You've never been there before. It's not going to happen. And I was like, no, like, it's going to happen. Like, it's, I- I'm doing it. And then one day, like, same, I just booked it. And then everyone was like, wait, what? Like, it's actually happening. And I was like, yeah. And now I'm shitting myself because of it. Like, I was terrified. So in a way, for me, it's the opposite to you. Because for you, it seems like your business was, like, the gateway, right? Like, you realized, oh, like, my business can be remote. I don't have to be here. Like I can be if I want, but I don't have to be. Whereas I think my travel was like the gateway to my business in a way. I realized like, oh, I could have a business and keep doing this and keep traveling. And then obviously we went into COVID and never traveled again, but <laughs> it's it, it'll happen. But why Bali? Obviously it's a beautiful place. I've never been there, but like I see pictures and it's beautiful. But why did you choose Bali in particular? Before I go and answer that question, I do want to say, like, the money is such a big part of it. And I think we can do probably an entirely different episode (laughs) on this topic alone. Because while we both had different kind of gateways, as you said, money was still a huge factor. And it often is for anyone who does want to do their own surrender experiment or self-exploration journey. Because whether you have the business, and that was me, I had the business. 
but I had every single reason to fear and doubt that I wasn't going to have money or have that safety net and vice versa for you. You were out there doing it, but then you were thinking, how do I make money consistently so that I can do it? And I think that abundance is so the abundance and safety with money, no matter what choices you make in life and the lifestyle you want is such a foundational thing that we need to address and talk about. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like for you, that would have been more of a, like more of a barrier. Like if you have a business where you have inconsistent income, like for me, I was just like, I'll just get a job over there. It'll be fine. It was only that I went then through COVID and went through the period of, am I going to lose my job? Like I'm stuck over here. I have to pay rent. How am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. And then I locked myself into a lease and like all of those things. A lot of mine was like based around that, but at the end of the day, it does come down to that. Yeah. Abundance and feeling safe. And I'll use a good example. My friend, she went overseas, did the same thing as me and she's living over in London right now. And she's like, so how much do I need to save? And I was like, I had five grand. Like I booked one week at a hostel and I was like, of course I'll find a place within a week. Like why would I wouldn't? Of course I'll find a job. And that is yes, very delusional, but also I feel like if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have gone. And so I literally took $5,000 over there, which is like nothing that I I should have saved more. Okay. In hindsight, I should save more, but it was fine. You make it work. And she was like, Oh, I think I need 20 grand. And so everybody's level of what your safety net is. And even I went to one of Nicole's retreats and we spoke about being resourceful and having resourcefulness. And I feel like that was definitely a skill I leaned on over there. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to making big decisions and taking big risks, a lot of the time you do have to rely on being resourceful and making it work. And if you have got that inner safety of I'm abundant, it'll I'll make it work, it'll happen. That's when you can feel really confident making those decisions in a way because you know that the universe will catch you even if you fall. Yeah, it's the self-trust, but also the trust in the bigger power, the higher power. Yeah. Whether you're, you're religious or just spiritual, it's that connection to self coinciding with connection to the greater and I think that's what makes surrender so beautiful because it's you're really playing with that call like whether you feel intuitively there's a call to go somewhere or an invitation that was directly made to you maybe it's to leave jobs or to live in another country or whatever to end a relationship you're literally playing in the realm of you don't know but you're going into it with confidence because you have trust and that's Mm. your safety net it's like not it's not the things or the possessions or the money that is your safety net it's you and your ability to be that safety net for yourself so yeah transitioning this into answering your question though (laughs) Bali, that was exactly the realm that I was in I was like why the heck Bali and at the time that I was like, I'm going to give myself permission to go. It was like the first place that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was all the years of seeds being planted. Australians love to go to Bali. Bali's the place to go to escape winter. Or Bali's where you go. Julia Roberts and her Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. If you need to have that journey, go to Bali. Like, it, maybe it was those seeds. But I also think that could have also been part of the divine plan that I saw those things and I interacted with those movies or those advertisements in a way that connected to me 
now on the other side of it, there are so many stories that I have to tell you and stories that are still unfolding for why I needed to be in that place at the right time, more specifically the region of Ubud. That's where I eventually found myself. And it was all, it was unplanned. It was, I had a rough idea of where I wanted to be from the tourist lens of I'm going to a new country. I'm going to be there for three months. But I also was like, I'm going to play with those invitations, those promptings, that surrender. And I ended up in Bali, Ubud, Ubud, Bali. And the the moment I landed in that kind of setting, the greenery, the kind of, it's like the center. Ubud is the mm-hmm. center. And the spirituality is so strong. The connectedness to culture, to nature is so profound. And that's why there's a lot of people who set up yoga, yoga studios there. And it's the place where people go to see healers. It's literally the center of healing. And Mm -hmm. I came to learn during my time there, but also after coming out and really understanding my purpose and my direction in life, that I have a connection to healing my ancestors were healers and there's all this stuff that's just underneath where I ended up and the path I took that's now just becoming even more clearer to me that's blowing my mind I guess I'm still simultaneously figuring out why Bali but also I have an idea as well Mm. I love that oftentimes we get pulled in ways and we're like, why this? It's just you have to trust that little voice and that intuition, like you said. Yeah, wow. And it's crazy that you then find out later and you connect like all the ties. It doesn't make sense in the moment. And if we go back to those fears of the fear of the unknown or whatever, like a lot of the time those are the things that like hold us back from making these big changes. But if you don't do it, because like in the moment it doesn't make sense, right? But if you don't trust that, then you never know why it would have made sense. Does yeah. that make sense? <laughs> yes. And also it's the response to what's happening in the moment as well that matters. Because yeah. there's the part of intuition or following the call where you get it in advance and then you follow that path. And then there's also the following of the surrender and the call in the moment as things are unfolding. Because even while I was in Bali, like I came into it with clues or breadcrumbs where people I, I trust who have who speak life and encouragement to me were giving me these promptings. You will meet a man and you will be in a literally these were some of the words that were said over me, like you'll meet a man. There I see a picture of a village. I also see greenery. And there were like images that I had, but they weren't consciously in my mind when I went to Bali. I just realized when I was in the location when I was interacting with people that, oh my God, that was that image that that friend had said to me, or that was the thing that I got in my dream or in my random journaling like time six months ago. And to a degree in the moment, I had certain situations in my trip multiple times where I thought something was going to be something. I tried to make something Mm. happen because I had an image in my mind or I wanted an outcome, but it completely went against surrender and it actually created more resistance and more attachment, which I didn't want. So every time I tried to do that, I would catch myself. And then I noticed as well that my reaction and response to things that were unexpected, like I was supposed to stay at this accommodation, but then I booked the wrong date. So I had to book a random one. 
and then the random one ended up being 50 minutes away from the town. It's those moments that if you can lean in and surrender to that as well and not be so attached to your idea of how things should happen, that doors open. And that's exactly what happened to me. That's the exact kind of path of how I met all of the incredible people that are now literally in my world, fulfilling the, fulfilling my, that soulful need that my soul was calling out for and also work helping me now to build something that has come out of that experience a, a vision a a mission that they resonate with that they needed at the right time and and it was like this like coming together of worlds that I could not mm. have organized or planned otherwise if I had I not surrendered Hi, my love. I'm interrupting this episode because for the first time ever, I'm releasing a brand new retreat experience. It's called The Surrender Experiment. As you know, late last year, I felt a call to surrender and uproot to go to Southeast Asia and to follow the prompting of my soul. Little did I know that that would be the beginning of a journey that I would call the surrender experiment and it would be a chapter of life where I would reconnect to myself, rebirth new ideas and rediscover things in a whole new way that I never thought possible. At the time, I remember feeling like life was so chaotic, there were so many things I needed to do and yet that prompting from deep within me calling me to uproot and surrender and to just trust the call and go felt so so strong and so as I allowed myself to surrender and I gave myself the permission to buy that ticket and go I learned what it truly meant to live a surrendered life a life detached from the worries and concerns of small-minded living and open to the leading of my own soul and surrendering to the flow of where life wanted to take me That experience has now gone global and it has inspired women from all walks of life in all parts of the world to embark on their own surrender experiment journey. And I thought to myself, what a privilege to have been the vessel and the vehicle to bring that magic into the world. And now for the first time ever, I have created a seven day curated experience where you get to travel with me to the beautiful island of Bali to undergo your own surrender experiment journey there is a call to surrender and for those of you who are listening who are connecting to this invitation I invite you to step into the possibilities of what you might unearth and unlock on the other side of this maybe it's a happier healthier more liberated version of yourself maybe it's a shameless unapologetic version of you that follows the path of least resistance and is lit up by everything in your life. Maybe it's finally being confident in your gifts and starting that business idea and having the support to do it. So I invite you to say yes if any of this is resonating for you. If you've been feeling tired and sick and stuck of the cycles that you've been living in and you're ready to uproot, you're ready to reconnect to yourself and to be rebirthed in a new way, rejuvenate, retreat and refresh with me at my brand new Bali retreat experience. You can find out more in the show notes in the description and you can click the link to register and sign up. Get in early and lock in your spot because this first retreat will be unlike any other and I hope you'll be there to join me. Okay, let's get back to the episode. 
there's always a saying of everything happens for a reason and everything happens at the right time. And that's very much that. When you were talking about how you had this vision or somebody said that and then you realize it's almost like deja vu in a way, like you feel like I'm in the right place and you just get get that feeling in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually really incredible. I love hearing all of your stories. We've chatted a little bit about your healing journey and I, I find it like it was such a different experience to mine. Like I went over there because I'm like, oh, I love that. But we definitely have that like ancestor connection as well. I find that really interesting. I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if that's like a a common thing, people being called back to my ancestors are from Scotland. And so that was like, obviously I moved over to London, but the first place I traveled outside of that, I was like, I'm going to Edinburgh, I'm going to Scotland. I'm seeing that. And I feel like I have a very strong connection with Scotland now because of that because I've experienced it do you feel similarly about Bali obviously it's not necessarily the same but like a connection to that because it's close to home yeah like that's exactly the space I've been in lately and trying to not even trying to understand but just like noticing there are these connections that we have to our roots Mm. to our not just our human roots, like as human beings, but our cultural roots, our origins, our bloodlines that direct, not so much like they tell us where we should be or what we need to do. That I don't believe that there's just like one plan for every person, but it's there's a connection that when we can reconnect with it to our roots and what makes us, it allows us to create a life that is truly more aligned to our makeup and maybe even connected to the greater mission or the greater vision that we actually see ourselves as a part of in the movement of people who also see themselves in that in that place and those connections can be found everywhere at any time but when we're so rooted or so stuck in our current environment our conditioning where we were raised the town we were born in and we keep ourselves in that bubble and we never uproot or get exposed to anything else we become it and then we wonder why we feel misaligned or we feel like we can't figure out who we are or our purpose it's because there's so much more and we're just using this tiny little one percent criteria and we're trying to fit that criteria but we're also different And I also think for me, like, I always wondered, especially coming back, I was like, why Bali, though? Like, I'm not Balinese at all. I'm not Indonesian. I'm Filipino. I was born in the Philippines. And I can piece together that there are connections. Like, our land used to be connected. There are literal, like, animals that that show that we used to be connected. Our language is connected. And so I could logically piece that together. But at the same time, I could just surrender and just be like that's not for me to figure out if there's a calling somewhere even if it were a language I could never speak or people I've never like heard of in my life if life leads me there there's something that I have within my experiences within my story within my wisdom my human design that I'm being called to give or to serve and I believe that our role like if you're into human design or just understanding yourself I believe that our makeup the function is, yes, to guide ourselves and to understand ourselves, but we were made for community. 
So as if you're a reflector, for example, and I just learned this about myself, I'm a reflector. My role, reflectors are 1% out of all the people that want 1%, right? In a village of 100 people, there's one reflector. And the role of a reflector is to reflect back to the village the health of that village. That's their role. That's why they're, they don't have a defined energy center. And we don't have, like, we're supposed to feel through everything and process through everything because we're like giant mirrors that sense what's authentic and not authentic and we show people who they are. And so when I think of like the function of knowing all these things and doing the self-exploration, yes, it's great for me in my direction, but it actually connects to my deeper purpose and my calling in life and, and in my business and in my career path. And that for a purpose-led person is it's just mm. wow. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And it comes back to being open. Like yeah. you initially said, people follow the same patterns. You see it happen all the time, like with families, if, let's just use like alcoholism for one random example. If the dad or the mom is, oftentimes the kid is as well. And you pick up on the patterns and the conditioning of what has gone on and what you've been brought up in. It's your job to be open to saying like, maybe this isn't the only way for me. Like maybe it is possible to do something else and to see something else. And look at like the amazing things that come when you, do open yourself up and you do challenge what is like the norm or like society's conditioning and it's hard there's so many things that come up there's so much to learn as well about yourself and I've been learning about human design as well I'm a projector look I'm a baby learner with the human design world I know a little bit but I had an episode with Melissa and I've done I've had a reading all that kind of stuff but learning about yourself that like it forces you to ask yourself some pretty hard questions and confront some demons that you've got in there being like why do I think that way and when you throw yourself so far off the edge of like your comfort zone like travel that is when you really get to understand yourself even deeper in a way yeah I almost think of our comfort zone we think is everything that's around us our circumstances how we think how Mm, here we go this is going to be good. <laughs> I feel like our comfort zone is defined by these things, but it's just this illusion. And in reality, maybe our comfort zone is actually way beyond anything we've ever known, but we just don't know that we're actually more comfortable in those areas. Because again, there's been no exposure. There's been no modeling in that space. We just do what we do. We do what we see and what we're taught. And I think that comfort zone is like a crutch that keeps us in the illusion that we're actually comfortable here. So when we feel a call to go overseas or to go to a friend's house or to visit a museum, like we feel this random call, we're like, oh, that's strange. We judge it. We think it's weird. We can't wrap our head around it. We can't figure out how it can be productive. So we go, no, I'm going to stick to my comfort zone. But if we are willing to stretch and to believe that our comfort zone might actually be somewhere else, then we might discover that this is actually not comfort. This is just a crutch. That was great. I'm going to clip that. Mike dropped that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I actually hadn't thought about it like that. Like that you are so right. And it's, 
it is obvious like when you think about it because the more you do something or the more you expose yourself to it the more comfortable you get in that environment or whatever and it's a good saying that kind of made me think when you were saying that is the pain of staying the same has to be greater than the pain of change for you to actually make a change and that's essentially talking about what you were just talking about that maybe you're not actually happy you're just comfortable maybe it's not Ah. scary it's just uncomfortable and maybe you're not actually comfortable maybe you're just coping that's true (laughs) and after becoming aware you realize this that there are things in your life that you just tolerate you don't love it you're not excited about it but it does the job you're not annoyed at it or so in pain about something that you're going to do something about it but it stays in your life for years and years and years or you keep that habit unchecked for years and years and then later you just have this existential crisis like the whole midlife crisis thing and that's because nobody taught us how to be aware nobody taught us that there could be another reality that we actually are more expansive in and are more effective more productive more aligned more connected to because we're so used to this and we've done a really good job at convincing ourselves this is what's comfortable versus just, for what it is. I was just about to say that people justify, well, it's not that bad. It could be worse. And it's, yeah, but it could be better. <laughs> mm, yeah. We use fear as that mechanism. It could be better comes from abundance and it comes from possibility. Whereas it's like settling comes from, I'm afraid that if I leave this, then I might not have enough, might not be able to do that, might not be able to have this anymore. But that's just, again, another conditioned way of processing things through the lens of fear and lack. Yeah, 100%. So speaking of fears, that's a good segue. What were some of the big ones that came up for you when you were like, I think I want to move overseas? What was coming up for you in that point before you'd even got over there? Before I'd even gone... It was definitely the uncertainty of, I think it was money. A lot of it was money for me because I was, I knew that Asia was quite an affordable place. And I had told myself, I'm probably going to be spending the same amount, if not maybe even less. Like I had used that logic to help me get over the gap of, I might not have money Because also my business was not at a place where it was consistent and I was also not going to be able to earn consistent income while I was there. And funnily enough, I ended up not earning while I was there. I ended up feeling a call to stop my business activities and to literally just go off the amount of money I had. So for me going into it, because I had a lot of money fears and scarcity thinking from just growing up. I brought that into that experience and that really, it it restricted the things that I allowed myself to do in the first few weeks until I had a little bit more of that. I decided I would surrender and be like, wow, the universe does have me. And then I just became more liberated in my choices of what to spend on. But in the beginning, it was fears like about not having enough that would cause me to be like, I really want to stay at that place, but maybe I'll just stay at this place instead. Or I would, instead of allowing myself to have the full experience of being in a place that really excited me and doing the things I wanted to do, I would cap what I let myself do. And so I would be like, you can go to that experience, but don't go to that experience. 
And that kind of affected that experience that I had in the first few weeks of feeling truly into the surrender because money's another channel of surrender as well. And the other fear that I had that I can think of at the top of my head was the fear that I guess it was a fear for afterwards, but it was that I didn't know what I was coming home to. Mm-hmm. And the more, because my context was I literally sold everything and packed away the stuff that were assets, like my bed, my fridge, like I packed it to my parents' place and everything else I just sold and I didn't have a place to come home to. So as my trip was progressing, I was like getting more and more filled up spiritually and I was getting so much clarity and direction, but there was this looming feeling of, but where do I live next? And this coming back to reality feeling that I, when I came back, there was a whole lot of integration and a whole other surrender story that sort of started to unfold. But had I not learned the skills and understood things about myself and how resilient, resourceful I could be, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. It would have just been that whole thing that a lot of people experience when they go on holidays where it's like, oh my God, have all the fun, have all the abundance and then come back to reality and be really miserable. And I knew that wasn't the path. That wasn't what I did this surrender experiment for. Mm, I have a similar story and we'll get into that later, but I am curious about how for your first fear around money and allowing yourself to really surrender while you were over there, how did you then actually surrender? How did you talk yourself through, actually, this is not why we came here. This is what we're going to do instead. Or like setting yourself those boundaries, like how were you then? It's okay. This is the abundant version of that. I think everyone has different risk tolerance and this is where that factors in. There are some moments in life where you're like, stuff it. I don't care about the money. I'm just going to do it. I'll figure it out later. (laughs) And then there's the other part of it where you do it conservatively. You do the abundant version of the thing. So it might not be staying at a $1,000 a night hotel, but it could be one that's like half of that, but you can get yourself behind the feeling, the energy of abundance because it's still a beautiful place and you're not telling yourself, oh, I'm settling for less. You're like... Mm. Oh, I choose this and then it feels abundant. So I think that was like definitely one way that I felt into that because as soon as I became aware that money was really going to restrict my experience of surrendering, if I didn't deal with it, then I beca- began to ask myself like every single moment there was a transaction that needed to be made, which is a lot when you're traveling. Mm. I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this experience feel like surrender? And sometimes it looked like, you know what? It feels really right to just spend it all, like to get the luxurious thing and pay for this person's meal as well. And other times it was like, it's okay. I can go without that. And what's interesting is that ability to navigate what you can do in that moment comes down to having kind of a foundation of believing that you are going to be okay, that you are sufficient, you are enough, you have enough, and you will always have enough. And that's something that I teach. I think even at the retreat that you were at, it was a business retreat, but we were talking about even as business owners, it can be like a constant need for more because we don't feel like we can, we are enough or we don't have enough. And I think the entire premise of sufficiency, whether it's in business or just as a, in life, it's about understanding that 
money will always support you. When has it not ever supported you? It's your friend. Just like time is a resource. Time is neutral. And it will support you if you can work with it rather than hustle against it. And I think that looking for evidence, and this is something I did every time I was feeling scarce, I would take the time to journal. I would take the time to process my thoughts and remind myself of the literal evidence where money has not run out and I was freaking out about it. Or I would remind myself of the moments I was resilient and resourceful and able to figure it out. So those are some of the practices that kind of helped me bring that awareness every single day until it just got to a point where I was in full surrender mode. And I was just like, and there's a whole story about this, which you guys can check out about the suit when I was in Vietnam. And I, I bought this suit that was way beyond my budget. And I even cried about it. And then it was just this, this whole healing experience around abundance, money, feeling worthy to have nice things. And in the bank account was sitting like, uh, what, like $500 left for a, the remainder of a whole month of travel. It was like, what is going on? But it was that kind of example, which I, I'm sure we can link and provide as yeah, a resource. It was that story example that showed me this is the level that I get to live in where money supports me. All I need to do is be willing to believe that I am sufficient and I always have enough and money will always come back around. Mm, those stories are so powerful and I will often use just even my trip of like going living overseas through COVID like if I can do that I can do anything and it's stories of like when you were at rock bottom that if you got through that like whether it and it doesn't have to be like a travel story it could be that you can't afford to pay rent this month like it could be something and if you can reflect back on a time when you didn't know how you were going to make it out and then you did that's going to inspire you the next time you feel like you're at rock bottom again. And going back to what you said about how it's just a resource and there's, it's not like the safety limit is not like a number. There's a reason why so many people who win the lottery end up bankrupt. It's Mm -hmm. because they haven't worked out like what their safety limit is. And it's the consciousness of choosing, this is how I want to spend my money. So often we just like, operate on autopilot and we do that because that's what we think we should do or we make decisions based on just not being intentional with our thoughts that then results in yeah having those undesirable things yeah and use the evidence as well use your evidence of how money has supported you and never failed you and you've never failed you use that to remind yourself that it is not a fluke that yes. money supporting you is not, oh, it was just that one time though, this time might, what might not work out and it feels really real that it's not going to work out. Again, just be like, don't look at it through the lens of that was a fluke though, but look through mm. it, look at it through the lens of this is how I know I'm yes. supported. Yeah. And your brain always tries to look for evidence. Whatever you're telling yourself, it will try to look for evidence to support that. So if you change the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you think about different things, more things will show up to support the way of thinking. Mm, yeah. So that's, that's really powerful. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you want to take your growth to another level, you're in luck because I'm giving you free resources, workshops, and masterclasses that you can access on demand to help you elevate right now. Check out www.nicoleconception.co slash free dash resources. 
For more content like this, check out my YouTube channel, Life with Nick, where I post weekly vlogs and videos helping you create more of the results you want in life with less hustle and scarcity and more ease and flow. Lastly, help me get this message out to others just like you who might just need to hear it today. All you need to do is like and leave a review so this podcast gets seen by the many women who need to hear this message. Who knows who we might reach together, right? Now go out there, reclaim your power and amplify your voice to lead, love and create as the abundant woman that you are. I'll chat to you in the next episode.